Welcome to We Only Talk Hockey. I'm Shane. With me, as always, is Mike. Um, well, the uh, the Stanley Cup is over, and the Lightning are two years in a row uh, Stanley Cup champions. There's some major takeaways. Yeah, they, they, quicker than we thought. Yeah, that's uh, what I was about to say. I think we both thought it would go seven, seven at least six. I yeah. think was it was our thought process, and I was it thinking. Went, seven game series, six game series. And it, it, all the, it was just the first three games. Lightning just came out of the gate. Red hot. Like they, they took control of the series from the beginning and they closed it out at home on game five. And it, yeah, it, it was, yeah, I was shocked how quickly the series just ended. It just feels over so fast. Yeah, like, like games one and two, I kind of expected, you know, I kind yeah. of, ex- but I, but them losing game three, that was where I didn't, I didn't expect them to lose game three. Um, and that game was, um, yeah, that, that game was odd. I, I didn't expect the game three Especially loss. Especially how they lost. It was six, three, the lightning really played, like really got out and broke down that defense. And that it's interesting to think about how the series played out. Because, yeah, they, they broke down the Canadians' defense, something that I don't think we saw the entire Stanley Cup playoffs from that Canadian, uh, the Canadian defenseman. And then game four was a good overtime game. I think we expected the Canadians to take at least one game at home, and they did. It was a very good game. They, that was the game where everything clicked for them. But Yeah, yeah I, kind of, I thought they were going to come out tonight and do the same thing. Carey Price albeit he played phenomenally yeah. tonight. Like, that was the big, big takeaway for me is regardless of who was going to win this game, because you knew it was like the, the way the game was developing. It was like, whoever scores first is probably going to win this game. It's probably going to be a one, nothing two one game. How around halfway through, you could get that, you get that feeling. And Carey price really kept him in this game. And it, it just like, it just, you feel, you feel for Carey, you feel for Shea Weber. You feel for Carey price. You feel for those probably- veterans that, that you don't think are going to make it back, but yeah, I don't see them making it back next year. And so like, that was my thing. That's why I, I think that was a part of why I picked the Canadians. Mm-hmm. Also, I was done underestimating them. <laughs> um, so, but it was, there was part of me that was like, you know what? I, he's never won a cup. I, I want him to win a cup. Yeah, he was and, the fan favorite, I think, but yeah. uh, and it was probably the last, last opportunity i don't know if they can come back and do the same thing i think this the structure of this year kind of played to the team's advantage yeah uh and i mean it it really was a run where he he helped carry that team you don't know if he'll if they'll get that chance again i mean the offseason is going to be interesting uh in of itself but uh i think he'll come back next year i just don't see them like Throughout the year, he wasn't great. Let's be honest. Throughout the regular season, he wasn't great. But he always has has that ability. He could flip it on for the period of time they needed it in the playoffs. But it was just... um, And so that's the thing. With his regular season play declining, I'm not sure they can make it back there again. Also, they're going to... I mean, just looking into the future, they're going to be in a very tough division. Next yeah, season. they're also going to be back yeah. in their regular division, which is not easy. They're, they, yeah. I so I guess let's start with the series uh, as a whole because I think game this past game was kind of a game where it was like whoever scored 
whoever's going to get that goal is going to win. But overall in the series, I guess what, like, what do you think decided this series as a whole? Because there are a few factors I think that decided this, uh, that gave the lightning, not only the win, but the win in five, but what do you think may, what do you think allowed them to, I guess well, you could say can win the series. Ultimately? Here's my thing. The, the game two lost the three, one score. I'm not at most, you know, surprised by that. Um, where, where I come in and where I'm surprised is the, is the games one and game three at five, one, and yeah. six three the five one not as much because it's the first game it's whatever but yeah definitely having those two games where they ran up the score a bit because the canadians in game three scored three goals and my thought process going into this series was they would be able to win enough games scoring three goals and they only scored three goals twice and one time they got beat six to three yeah um and so I think a lot of it came down to their defense. Their defense looked much worse than it did in each of the previous series. Like that was their thing in all the previous series. They were a much stronger defensive team. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if they just didn't adjust to the lightning. Here's the thing with the other team, with other teams, usually you've got one or two guys you put extra focus on, and then you play your game of defense. But with the Lightning, you have so many thing players and things to worry about that it's that it you know kind of thing where yeah. you're like, I think you know, your the depth definitely you're overloaded. The series, like I think I think that that we kind of we'll dive into the Lightning I guess, but in terms of things that overall the Canadians, it was the, that back end scoring like Blake Coleman, y- uh, Yanni Gord, Barclay Goudreau who kind of in against those later pairings defensively or against more tired skaters uh on the ice they they found they were able to find they overwhelmed the canadians i think i think really we started to see thing uh, the canadians played very well in the first two games in my opinion where they i mean the 5-1 score is a bit misleading and they kind of couldn't they couldn't get the puck out of their own into the offensive zone yeah. but in games until game three, we really saw the defense hold their own. And I think that's when we kind of saw things start to uh, fall apart where they allowed the neutral zone movement. They allowed the off, they allowed quick shots on price, which he's, he's able to save, but he was bombarded co- continually, yeah. continuously with those quick shots. So, so I, I kind of agree. I like one of the big things I see is as what went wrong with their defense was not necessarily depth, but yes, depth, but more so their attention being so divided. They ex- had to expend more energy to stop, you know, Kucherov point, which they did a phenomenal job of stopping yeah. point. Might I add Braden point had no <laughs> goals. He had no, yeah. Braden point had no goals. It's 14 it's, goals. And they had zero. <laughs> yeah. It was, it, it, it was, in, it's insane. They, their top line, they fought hard and they were able to stop that top echelon of players on the lightning, but they expended all of their, their, it felt almost like, they were giving 110% to be able to stop them that they weren't able to stop the later, later lines of the lightning as much. And the lightning just, they just have too many players. They, and, they have and, scores, but 
I, you bring up a good point because I don't know if it was that they lost their energy, they put all their energy in, but they had to give it 110% for, for the entire game. And I think by game, the end of game three, you just look at the, you just look at that team game four, they came back with some energy, but at the end of game three, they just looked like a dead team. They were an exhausted team. And you could tell, and usually at the end of the Stanley cup final, anyway, the losing team, you don't really, you see them just burnt out and they don't really like process that they lost the cup until a few weeks later, but like, they just looked burnt out. The Canadians looked burnt out at the end of game five, also just exhausted, but this was a, a team, especially defensively that had to defend four lines of scorers. And I don't, I don't think yeah. Steven Stamko scored either. It was the fact that, uh, yeah, it was, it was you the had... later lines that yeah. it was their top lines, their top pairings were very good. They, but they, they couldn't hold up against all four lines. If it was a team like all the other teams they faced, they would have been fine. But this team just has such a collection of talent that yeah. it's, it's, it's remarkable. And honestly, I don't know. Well, no one did beat them, but I don't know if there was anyone who could, maybe you could say there, there would have been a closer matchup with a team that had more offensive ability because that was the thing going into the first round of the playoffs. We, we didn't think the Canadians had the offensive ability and playing against a goalie like this, who was playing as well as he was playing it, it, it was much harder for them to come by goals and especially a goalie who plays very technically. And so it was, it was, it was crazy. It was like maybe Colorado or Vegas would have had a better chance matchup wise, because not, it's not always the best two teams, you know, it's the way the matchups fall out. Because I think to your point, the Islanders pushed them to the brink, a seven game series. And someone actually uh, asked, I posted on Twitter. I read this that they they said. So does this mean the Islanders are now the second best team in hockey? I don't think so. See, but I it don't. Brings a good point. That it's that it's about it's, matchups. To me, yeah. it's it's a saying from football, but any given Sunday, you know, kind of thing. Depending on a matchup, just because Team A beats Team B and then B beats, it doesn't it doesn't correlate because the way your teams match up really yeah. matters, and so. Whereas the Canadians were able to beat the others, I think maybe Vegas or even Colorado, honestly, could have had a chance against the Lightning because they have better, they have a better offense and they could have taken, you know, more advantage of that. They might not have had the goalie like Carey Price, but relying on defense, which is what the Canadians did throughout the playoffs against a team like the Lightning is not going to work. You're going to have to outfire them, yeah. you know, because ultimately that's what the Islanders lost always. Also, they couldn't out, they couldn't outscore, out, outscore, outpower the Lightning in the end. Yeah. Um, and so, and so it's crazy. It's like you would have needed a team with much more firepower to possibly beat them. And I mean, yeah, also I think about the depth uh, with some of the other teams that you've mentioned and how they would have matched. It would have been interesting to watch a matchup, but ultimately you got to win those series. Uh, and, and they the Avalan- did The Avalanche collapsed against the Golden Knights and the Golden Knights collapsed against the Canadians. And the, and you could also say the Can- the uh, Maple Leafs Winnipeg. and Jets. Uh, <laughs> Winnipeg collapsed. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So, but at the same time, I, I there are a few things that I think about. I mean, with the lightning how they were able to win this series and a few players that stood out 
for me overall in the playoffs one of the things that i started to notice because you most people don't really watch the lightning as much they're not really seen like them in the hurricanes are two of those teams like once you are on the east coast but below like our nation's capital you kind of don't get seen on tv so the lightning i don't I, you watch the occasional game but you don't really get to see the lightning in full action this is a series that i think most people started to notice mikhail sergachev or this is a playoff run where mikhail sergachev got recognized as one of the better defensive defensemen in the series. He stood out to me. I I saw a couple, there's a couple other things that stood out, but I kind of want to hear what you think stood out in the lightning, maybe in the playoff run altogether, but in this series that they were able to execute or they were able to do or players that stepped up in particular for Honestly, you. one of my biggest things and kind of cliche, we've been talking about it all, all playoffs all year is Vasilevsky. Because oh, I, I I know I know he lost game four, which was the, the, the closeout game. He lost it. Okay. He didn't lose it. The team just didn't score more than three goals. Um, but do you realize every single one of the games that they clinched a series was a shutout? It's not only that. I one mean, nothing against the Canadians, one nothing against the Islanders. That's another feat, them both being one nothing. Then it was two nothing against the Hurricanes, and it was four nothing against the Panthers. Each game to close out the yeah. series was a shutout. It's not only that; it's there. Yeah, Vasilevsky. Uh, I mean, we'll probably dive into Vasilevsky in a second, but his ability in this it, this series, if anyone was on the fence about whether Vasilevsky's a world-class goaltender or whether he's one of the top goaltenders in the world. This playoff run and then the Stanley Cup final itself where he allowed, I believe, only eight total goals, which is to like quantify that for a second, eight total goals in five games is, I mean, besides remarkable, it's just like he's he, he's proven he's might be one of the top goaltenders in the game, probably the 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 best. And it was, it was, it was great. What's what I think about looking back is – the Carolina Hurricanes offense could not be stopped. Nobody could stop that offense. And they were stopped in, in the shutout game. In, in five that, games. They in beat five, games. five games. Vasilevsky covers up those top shelf shots so well, eliminates those yeah. shots. So many goalies struggle on the bar down shots on and, those top shelf. Yeah. He just covers them up, eliminates them from the opportunity. That, that's another thing. While we have talked about if he has a weakness, his weakness mm-hmm. is down low, but that is not the game nowadays. If you were telling me 20 years ago, maybe a little bit further back and put Vasilevsky there, I would say he'd be closer. And I'm not saying he would be average, well, but closer I mean, to average. It's not that case, but yeah. I mean, my but, preference because I think goaltending as a whole has gotten better since like yeah, the 80s and 90s, but whatever. Yeah, That's but I, what the reason I'm making the ponies because the style of the game has changed. Now, the top shelf and especially glove side. That's what you hear about most goalies is, you know, go glove side. That's your best opportunity. You've got glove and blocker side top shelf. It's, it's the main weakness of goalies nowadays. If goal, when goalies have weaknesses, those are their main weaknesses nowadays. And that wasn't the case before because a lot more shots were lower mid, like mid shots to below and because the precision and the stick technology and the players and the whatever has gotten better over the years, there's more ability to use every inch of the net. And so, and so now his ability up top and his size and his reflexes, it's, 
it's insane but you're right about the lightning honestly the lightning did score they had their games where they scored a little bit but like those first two not the lightning against the hurricanes those first two games against the the hurricanes 2-1 like that that was out that was that was amazing by yeah. him and it's not just yeah it's not just the hurricanes it was the panthers it was the the Can- i mean the canadians and islanders you could say are more of a defensive team oriented but, team yeah but his ability to cover up those top shelf shots and then teams were forced to shoot low on him and then like and it's much harder to it's accurate, much harder to get those shots and it's also harder to get those shots accurately because players are a lot it's a lot easier for players to block shots that are down low because yeah. of the mobility and of your legs and so it it just it makes his his the one way to exploit him very difficult to exploit. Yeah. And, and so, and, and yeah. Also on that, on the note you, that this is something I've, I've been thinking about over the series is what a world-class goaltender, which Carey Price also has done, which uh, Vasilevsky has done, did for the lightning. It, what does it do to your team? How does it, how does it change your coaching philosophy and your coaching staff and your game plan? Oh, and I, there with are, the lightning, what I think is most noticeable, and this is what you'd probably, you know, you probably saw this as well. They play very aggressively. They yeah. They play that yeah. knowing they have a goalie that could bail Co- them out. Coaches have said that. Um, and players before have said, you know, when we know a goalie's got our back a hundred percent, you know, when we can rely on them, we can play. We don't have to be at, we don't need to be as reserved when it counts we can do what we need to do and trust and that's the biggest thing it's it's that trust while there are a bunch of good goalies there's always a okay you're still the goalie and you generally give the heads up to the shooter over a goalie in general um and so and so like that ability to have complete trust in your goaltender to just go out there and lay it all on the line is is remarkably valuable yeah you know and, and you talk and and to only add to that it helps their def, their defense you talk we we talked about their defensemen which have been great defensemen also their defensemen have the luxury of playing the middle of the ice just basically they don't play the boards they don't yeah. necessarily chase the board they just it, play they the middle crash of the ice. down and they'll say we're not going to give you the cross ice pass on these from the, especially they, I mean, yeah, rushes. they They're play like, from the trapezoid in essentially yeah. that's their game in the defensive zone is the trapezoid in like if you were to move the trapezoid from from where it is to the blue line they play in that area pretty much they obviously come out and whatever but the focus of their game is there and it's it's crazy it's yeah, and, and because of that, they're like, all right, we'll give you these tough angle shots. We'll dare you to shoot those, but we've got, you've got Vasilevsky. Five, you've got five bodies in Vasilevsky. Yeah, I mean, so I guess I guess it's, it's kind that of That leads into him winning the MVP, I think. Um, first yeah, time it's kind of hard to dis- yeah. dispute that, I think. For, first goalie since the 2012 Knights, I believe, when Jonathan Quick did it. Well, the Kings, yeah. Kings, Kings. <laughs> Whatever. Not it's, nice. it, I was Whatever. thinking. Uh, I, I, I forgot that Jonathan Quick won it. I thought it went back to like Patrick Waugh in the '90s or something. But no, yeah, it Quick. Was John, it was Quick in 2012, which was also an outstanding run. But yeah, not the point. But like Vasilevsky, and I don't think you can argue it, especially given yeah. the game seven against the Islanders. You know, 
they didn't score till later on in the game. That that could have game seven was a one nothing shutout. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The I the Lightning didn't score till later in that game. That game, if Vasilevsky didn't play as well as he could, that game could have bounced either way. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, it ultimately did. It was one. It was one shorthanded goal late in like the yeah. second period. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think it's it's more than that. Yeah, of course, 100. He deserves it. Is entering the final. You're thinking a lot of people were thinking Braden Point was going to win it. He had those 14 but he goals, didn't, but he didn't score he didn't in the score. final. He had and, he had no statistical, and I'm not saying he had no impact. He had no statistical impact on the final, yeah. and that matters a lot. Um, you you'll see sometimes players who do really well throughout it, but they don't play as well in the finals in of itself. Uh, they don't have a flashy moment. Yeah. You generally need at least one big moment in I the mean, finals. This, and he just didn't. This final game, if there was any question mark entering the game, just cemented the. It was. It made it like a surefire vote for the Conn Smythe Trophy. Yeah, it was a one that one nothing shutout where he out he outplayed Price again, and like Price's been phenomenal well, in, the, in this I, in the in this final he's been a yeah great I, I don't necessarily i wouldn't necessarily say outplayed he definitely matched and the reason i say that is because the volume um okay yeah more shot volume on, yeah uh, price stopped 29 of 30 while vaslevsky scott stopped 22 of 22 well that's no small feat I'm, yeah. I'm just saying i don't know i would say he outshined him i would say he played well, I mean, overall at, in the series, I think yeah, he gave, overall in the series, he yeah. outshined him. And but I like, mean, that I mean, that, yeah, in in game five, he had that shutout again. And another, I mean, it was the game, clo- the closing out, the, clo- the closing, uh, game clinching win where he had another shutout. And you look, and I think what's crazy is his his postseason, his playoff numbers have not have blown away his regular season stats not just like beaten them they've completely obliterated like i think his save percentage is something close to 940 at this point uh i think his the, goals a game though were about at about the same but right around against two. i think right they around were two because his well, season numbers were right around we're, right around we're, two I think we're well. We're recording tonight, so I don't think the stats we're recording after subsequently after Game Five. So I don't think the stats have updated. But I think his goals against average is like one point nine or two point one uh, in that two point one range. Before this game, it was like it was. Quoting uh, this was one point nine. I think. Yeah, that that's that just dwarfs his 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 regular season. It was a two point two in that kind of range. And oh, it was. It was two point two. I I was remembering from earlier on in the season. And then his save percentage in the regular season was around two, not point nine nine twenty, or in that kind of range. His save percentage in this playoff run was like point nine forty, which is talk about kicking it into another gear. Yeah, it was nine three seven in the playoffs, and it was nine two five in the yeah. in the regular season. Yeah, it's, like, it's a big deal. He was able to step yeah, up majorly. It, it's it's also you just there's so many factors like the shutouts. I think he had five shutouts in the regular season. He might have had like four or five. He had four for sure because of every clinch game clincher was a shutout. But he might have had five uh five or uh. He might have had five in the playoffs. Also, it just it's it, the I, the point is is this was like for for the Lightning. 
last year, I think it was Victor Hedman who kind of stepped up and won and stepped up him and Braden point were the two players that everyone across the eight hockey world got to see um, how yeah, good they five truly shutouts. Were. He had two shot. He had the clinching games and two shutouts against the Islanders. So wouldn't that be six then? Or no, to one of them was the game clinching one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. The four uh, game clinching ones, and then he had one other one in the Islanders okay. series. The eight but nothing like, win. But like, yeah, this series, this playoff run. So last year, I thought I think it was Victor Hedman, Braden Point, who kind of everyone got to notice how good those. Oh well, yeah, were. Braden Point was a. Uh, was he there all year, or was it just a uh, trade deadline? I thought I think they got Braden Point. Last year. Of, last, last year, year. You no. Know, so last year he was there for the bubble. He was there for the run. Yeah. I don't know. He, yes, but did they earlier in that season? Did they get him at the trade deadline? No, I don't think so. Uh, that's more of I think Blake Coleman. Uh, no, I I know I know Braden because Braden Point just didn't outright sign with them. They traded for him. I just don't remember when. Yeah, but that was probably years, years before. I mean. Is a little on the tangent, I think. Yeah. But, uh, but I I think what's uh now he was drafted by the Lightning in the 2014 draft, Braden Point. Uh, yeah, I think I mean you might be thinking of Blake Coleman, John uh Barclay Goudreau, who kind of were acquired. Oh uh, he, he he was. Look at that. Um <laughs> like, no, well, it was <laughs> someone else then. Uh, I was thinking of someone else, probably not even the lightning related. Um, I think the big, the big picture though, in this, yeah. in this playoff run is Vasilevsky's the guy that really, st- that everyone got to notice how, how, how good Vasilevsky was in this playoff run. And I mean, for me, uh, I got to notice Mikhail Sergachev, how, how as at 22 years old, everyone's talking about, Kale McCarr, Adam Fox, Charlie McAvoy is the young defensemen that are coming into the league and impacting the game. And Mikhail Sergachev is not a scoring defenseman, but he plays in the defensive zone very well, um, very disciplined. And he, he he's one of the players that I noticed. I guess, like, to ask you in this playoff run altogether, whether li- Lightning or not, who, player that kind of stood out in your in your mind that, like, you didn't notice beforehand. Like So, okay, so then I guess that takes Vasilevsky off the table because, to me, that was a surprise. Like, I knew he was very, very good, um, but he went to a level that I didn't necessarily think was well, quite to possible. To be fair, nobody did. Yeah. Like, nobody yeah, thought it, that a goalie could be this dominant. This like, dominant I I, in a playoff. I don't think we've – I don't think I've ever seen, in my years of watching, a goalie – take over and like dominate opponents the way Vasilevsky did in this. The only thing I could point to would be that 2012 season with the Kings. Yeah. I'm saying I I didn't watch that nearly. I I did. So I I did. I mean, I did, but like not as intensely as as this one to Um, know that, but outside of that, uh, outside of Vasilevsky, um, I don't know. It was more the depth then I could point to one player. It was kind of the depth because granted they did play really well on the power play throughout the postseason, except with the exception of 
the Stanley Cup, which is another odd thing. Their their power play was held in check, and yet they won five, four games to one. Was I thought we I thought they were stacked up top, but kind of lacking, you know, lines three and four. And they really stepped up. And that was something I really wasn't expecting. That's honestly why I picked them to lose twice um, throughout this playoffs is because I didn't think their depth was capable of holding up. And some series they relied on, on their stars and some series like this final uh, they relied on their depth. And I didn't think it was the thing they could rely on you know so well, to, I, to carry i guess uh to carry yeah it to, to carry it well not necessarily to a cup but like to win games that they needed to win certain yeah. times i i didn't really think they they could like i didn't think they had a bad depth i just didn't think it had the ability to if a team was able to hold off the top line even the top two lines which the canadians honestly did and to be able to win a series in five games that that to me was was amazing i had noticed it slowly through each series that their depth was holding up and not breaking and then in this series they just the depth carried this last series granted if their depth didn't play as well they could have still won the series it just might it just might have been longer it would have been probably six or seven at that i mean seven probably most likely i think it's interesting you mentioned the depth because i think it's easy to look at the um, – I think the forward depth stands out, stood out, especially in the final when you saw yeah. how Blake Coleman played, how Barkley Goudreau played, how Pat, Patrick Maroon, who now won his third Stanley Cup yeah. in a row. third Stanley Cup in a row. <laughs> this man is like, hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wonder how many teams are going to be interested in just acquiring him just because they feel like he's got some like, power to him. Yeah, it's like run until his tank is dry. Let's see how many we can get in a row. I, I would, I, if I were him, I would say I, I'll take a trade to just restructure my contract. Give me the next Eric Carlson or James Neal contract where your team has to like, has to deal with that. I, I think when you mentioned depth, I think what also stands out from that is the defensive depth. And when I say that, I don't just mean for the lightning. What I think carried both these teams to the cup final was their ability to play defensively from their forward unit in on the forecheck and the back check, which I think stood out for the Canadians also with Philip Deneau leading the way uh, on his line. And then with yeah, the, the, uh, the defensive forwards. forwards. Yeah, that, that think, was a big thing this playoffs, especially yeah. I would say with the Canadians. They and the Islanders, despite that they lost – they, they were two teams, I would say, above all others that played like five-man defense. You know, they had five defenders <laughs> almost at Wait, times. You're talking about the Islanders? Both, the Islanders and Canadians. I think yeah. those are two teams that, that relied on that ability throughout these playoffs. Well, the Lightning, I, mean, I don't disagree. The Lightning did too. I just would put it at a little bit of a lesser degree, but... No, it was definitely a big thing throughout these playoffs was um, whole team defense. Yeah. And I think, and and that's part of it. And like the lightning, those third, that third and fourth line, particularly they played, they got, they got those turnovers uh, in the defensive zone and also in the neutral zone from their forward units. And 
I think one of the interesting things we talk is for teams who are built for team building for some of these teams that are like trying to build the next cup contender, it's getting those, it's getting that either that fourth line or that later line, or even just that's, uh, that's very strong defensively. Yeah. Uh, And that's kind of something I'm thinking about moving forward. And I guess really to, really to to close out, because this is a great run, uh, a great season. Uh, I mean, one one thing I wanted to season. Yeah. One thing I wanted to add before we get to closing out or you, you say what you want. And then I got one last thing before we close off as well. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of, I kind of wanted to ask you before, cause this, I mean, I've followed, we, I've followed the season more intently than ever. It's been a great, it's been great for me. Like I've been writing about the season uh, and this is the, like the first season I've really followed intensely as both a writer and a fan. And I kind of want to ask you with that in mind, I guess I'll say like one of my takeaways from watching this season is just the difference in how the game is played, how much faster it is, how much, how much more athletic it is and what that's going to mean for the future of the game, how like it's going to be faster, what defensemen. And that's what, that's for me, what stood out is I started to notice the blue line defensive play, the play at the blue line and just what so, the future of the position is going to hold. So uh, he, I here's my you, thing. Like, what is your yeah. takeaway from? Yeah. So here's season? my thing. I, I have been intently watching hockey since 2000, uh, since midway point of, I believe, the 2011 season, 2011 or 2012 season, uh, that the the Winter Classic that year uh, was honestly, is is when I really started to intently watch hockey. Um, And so it definitely has shifted over that time. But in the last couple of years, I would say as far back as Pittsburgh's first or second cup uh, in their, in their back-to-back, I I can't remember fuzzy on which one it was because they were back-to-back where, where we really started to see the emphasis of speed play uh, more. Uh, And it grew from there. And I would say the last couple seasons, probably back to 28, the 2018 season, maybe the 2019 season is when I think it's really gotten to what it is. I don't honestly seeing it as having changed much. Um, I would say, like you said, this is your first season. You've watched this intently and to that it's, and you've noticed the defenseman and the speed of the play. That's a thing that's been going on for a couple of years now. Obviously it's becoming yeah. a little more widespread with some of the younger defensemen coming up who have come up in that style of play. You saw the first, like, like um, first couple of them come up, like in the, in like 2016 well, and this, 17, this new generation. I think we look at Kale McCarr, Adam Fox, Charlie yeah. McAvoy. Yeah. The, these ones that have come up in the last couple of years, um, definitely has made it easier to notice, but I, the game was definitely headed that direction. I don't see it taking much bigger of a leap. I think, you know, we have a faster game. I think that'll level out. I don't think the game will progressively get faster and faster for the next couple of years. I, one thing I do see coming is finesse, um, which a lot of people 
mix in with speed and whatever i yeah, think I skill really yeah is what people skill like to say it. skill and under but, an umbrella but, which is too but, vague which is which is a bunch of different things but finesse yeah. i think is a thing that's going to be huge it was honestly one of the biggest things when that story was Connor mcdavid but he was kind of the only one but you see a bunch of younger players in coming in who you don't have nearly as many of the big bodies you've got a lot more finesse oriented players uh great example andres uh svechnikov for carolina uh, is one of those guys. And is I think this was his second or third year this year. Um, I think second full year, like where he played. Yeah. You know, I think the year prior to that was his, like, like he was in and out of the lineup down to HL, whatever. But um, Andrei Svechnikov, I'm Capri, blanking. Kirill, Kirill, Kaprizov. Kirill Kaprizov is, is, is a phenomenal example. I don't know how yeah. I blanked on that, but a, bu- a lot of these younger players who are coming in, they're a bit smaller, but they're fast. Yes. But I think what sometimes looks like speed to some people is actually finesse. It's that stick handling ability and the finesse of it. And I think that's going to grow where we had the, the speedier and the whatever defensemen start to come out. I would say at this point, almost five years oh. ago, and especially with the last crop of them with the McAvoy and the Fox and the whatever, you're now going to see more and more of these finesse players come out. And so I do think that might be where we see a change in the game Well, over the next think, couple of years. I think to reiterate, I guess, or to clarify really, is, is on the note because the defensemen are going to be the resistance or in a way, but also can't, they have to adapt to the, to the changing game. They're going to be a resistance to that changing game in a unique way, in my opinion, because there are a lot of these defensemen now where the game, when the game was slower, you look, used to look at so a lot of those key defensemen that impacted the game as the ones that would batter you at the blue line yeah. or and get you around the boards. Now you're kind of seeing these younger defensemen where it's sticking bodies yeah. in a unique way, yeah. but then just not really like uh, impose their will. And, but they are There's, able to create, to create the turnover and then start up the positioning. Start up the, that, that's another the thing. When you had, when you had those bigger defenders, positioning was key, but like it was emphasized, but it wasn't like you didn't see it as much, but you're seeing these younger defensemen. They're more emphasized on position, position, position angle, you know, kind of thing. And, their ability with the stick, it used to be almost defensemen were club, like they carried around a club with them. Yeah. And now you're seeing a and lot more who have the ability to use the stick they, and the ability and willingness to use their body, but, I think, but I effectively. Think to emphasize, I think you will see defensemen at the same time get bigger and kind of in in the way to, res- to resist the change, you will see defensemen also get bigger, keeping their speed but then putting on that extra weight to uh, in the weight room to be able to input to leaner, still just leaner, maybe like um, not, not leaner as in skinnier, but as in um, tone, like more, more emphasis on effective weight than yeah. just weight. Uh, I, yeah. I could see that. I, I could see that. Um, I think that at- would be a couple years though, because, for that to happen, that generally happens over years. You have this shift into the more speedier game and it'll take a couple of years before younger players coming into the league have already adapted to that. You can, you'll have some guys who are currently in the league who will try to adapt in that way, but it won't be as easy as younger players coming out of juniors and whatever 
um, who were like, okay, the game's faster. So I have to be more strategic with my weight and my skill kind of thing. So I think you'll, I think we'll see this kind of play for a couple years before we start to see any countermeasure. Well, I mean, I, I personally, I'm thinking of one prospect in particular, but basically I think the underlying thing for defensemen, which is going to be the future kind of a league is they have to be a jack of all trades. They have to be able to do everything and anything and everything because of how, how much more skilled the The game is all the offenses are going to be. And they're going to need to be able to create turnovers, be able to play offense all on the offensive end also. And the extra, the, the only, the extra area for area to build on with that in mind is the ability to create a, uh, uh, is to take a forward off, remove them from the puck, uh, get them off their game, hit, um, hit them, hit them when they're in the neutral zone. I think, I think we're going to, I think that's that change. It could come sooner than I think we're, we're expecting. I, see, I, since- I don't see in the long, I, cause generally the way hockey develops is something comes in over a span of a couple years and then something comes in to counter it over a span of a couple years kind of thing. And so I, I don't, I don't think there's going to be no one for three years, but I don't think it'll be a thing you expect almost for a couple years now. Um, but I, I do agree. You will see a change in the defensemen to, to more skilled players Um to most more skilled players because of well, the the ramping up skill of the forwards. I also, it also kind of it remind it also was kind of got me thinking about some of the, those rare power forwards that you have that kind of that now has that weird X factor because there aren't that that many big forwards in the league. So that the they're going to need defensemen that kind of counter those. Uh, players and that's and and that it's gonna it's gonna take probably a bit longer a, a bit of a bit time to of time to adjust to that but just the overall aspect of being a jack of all trades being versatile being able to do it do it all is going to be exciting to watch and that's something that like i'm start you start to see this season uh and it's going to be it just it's just going to be something incredible moving forward i guess yeah. uh so my last thing, which was unrelated to the cup and the whatever, is also a general thing. Is I just wanted to quickly ask you, what do you think of the of the um terrorist? Oh, wow, I've forgotten his name. The Blues forward today, um, Vladimir Tarasenko. Yeah, God, I don't know why I blanked. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko wanting out of St. Louis. I mean, yeah, it's it's gonna be just it only adds a piece to the uh, off season. Uh, yeah, because which players gonna be moved? It's it's it would, something that's crazy to think about is how condensed the off season is gonna be, because you have the expansion draft, draft, and free agency all in the month of July, basically. July uh, and August, yeah. Yeah, because they got to get back into camps. Uh, yeah, but like um, because draft. You'll see some free agency prior to the draft, but it will mostly be after the draft. So like the last week of July and the first week of August is really where you're going to see a lot of that when normally you have the draft. Normally you have the draft end of, end of June and you have all of July and part in the beginning of August. And so, yes, it will be condensed. So there will be... The question is, will that cause things to happen more rapidly or will it cause fewer things to happen? 
I believe, I believe it'll cause things to happen more rapidly because I would not, not because of the condensedness of it, but because of the fact that, um, of, of salary, a stagnant salary cap this year will, I think that will cause, that will cause teams to have to readjust the lightning are going to have to do something because technically all playoffs, they've been like $8 million over the cap. Yeah, uh, eighteen million uh, actually, but 18, it, whatever it is, it's, yeah, they have a lot of free agents also, so it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do. What but, happens um, with the lightning? But like, yeah, so I think you'll see a lot of the teams like shedding, shedding contracts, shedding whatever, where and when they can, and it'll look a lot more rapid because of the condensed style of it. Well, I think last season it was kind of interesting because last it season was, was very. very it was very fast, but it, it was stagnant. went under the radar. Yeah, almost it, very little happened. Um, so and this I, season, I think we're going to see a lot more, a lot of movement actually on yeah. the contract to make up for that and to move forward. And I, we, I, I actually, it's something in, that I that I actually haven't really thought. I haven't like thought in big picture of it, but the there the cap should the cap was stagnant this past year there should be confidence in the league's growth. This is just like more of a general thing. Like, okay, the NHL has a new TV, right? Whatever. Uh, how, the how cap, much is the game? The cap going? will go up past this year. It's so the way the cap see, is, do you know how the cap is calculated? I mean, I haven't really, I've looked so, on cap friendly occasionally. But. So, so the way the cap is calculated is actually based on a percentage of revenue. So that's why it's stagnant. They can't necessarily couldn't really move it down because of the collective bargaining agreement, where technically the numbers would have said they moved it down, but they made a deal prior to the bubble last year that the cap would not move down for the next, I think it was five years. They had a guarantee the cap will not go down. Um, and in, in the collective bargaining agreement, but some of the players deferred payments and things like that. But so it's based on the revenue. And I think a thing next year is going to be huge. Granted, they have their new seven-year TV contract starting. A lot of that is, the meat of that is actually not in the first year or two. But so that'll give them a bump, especially coming from ESPN. Going, the contracts are going to probably, we're going to probably see loaded up on the back end type of contracts with that yes. in mind. Yeah, if, if we see multiple year contracts, they will definitely be like, you could see an example of like a yeah. four year, you know, a four year uh, average $8 million contract for a really good player. But what it really will be will be like 4 Six, million, seven. 4 million, 4 million, and then like 10 million yeah. um, in, in the back end because they know those numbers will go up. So I think you'll see, you definitely will see some of those lo- back end loaded contracts yeah. or those you know, kinds of things, um, to get around that. And, and with, and it's a matter of what the cap's going to look like in the future, which I think the, you have to feel the owners and general managers feel confident in that number going up. It's about the growth of the game and the, uh, yeah. TV rights. So, and that, yeah, the, I, it will be interesting to see that as well, I guess. Uh, and, and I mean, I guess that was our Good closing season. statements for this, um, right? I don't know if you agree, but maybe we'll do like a, a draft special before the expansion draft. I, uh, I mean, maybe we'll. I, uh, 
uh, I'll probably we'll probably have to do some homework on that. But uh, yeah. yeah, we'll probably get back. We'll we'll probably be back on that then uh, uh, pretty soon. Uh, so I guess yep. uh, uh, yeah. Thanks I guess for watching and for uh, watching. like and share. Yeah, like thank you for watching. We appreciate you joining us for the journey of the Stanley Cup playoffs and be back for some uh, free agency and uh, draft talk.